On today's show, Media Day is approaching. The big trade happened with Dame Lillard heading to the Milwaukee Bucks. And mailbag questions, the latest news, and more. All that is on the way. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1558 of the Lawton Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Wednesday evening, deep into the night into Thursday here in late September. And as always, at the top of the podcast, I should encourage you to make us your first listen each and every day. Check us out and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, places like Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and also YouTube on the video side. We've been very, very busy in this space in recent days. Over Under Podcasts with Robbie Cowan. We are most of the way done with those. We'll come back to that in a second. Also, Ben Ladner joined me at the end of last week for a fun two-part discussion about the Hawks in the Eastern Conference. We did a crossover episode this week with Locked On Knicks. It is ramping up big time. And again, Monday, October 2nd, is Media Day. This might be our, la- our last show until then because it's been a very busy week so far, unless there's big news. But uh, I'll be on the scene for that. On Monday, it's a like a four-hour process on Monday. We'll have content after the fact, but uh, please stay tuned for all of that. And again, it's a great time to subscribe because a lot is happening in the NBA world right now. Of course, it's not a podcast that covers the Milwaukee Bucks or the Portland Trailblazers or the Phoenix Suns. There was a massive, massive trade earlier today on Wednesday with Dame Lillard heading to Milwaukee. Phoenix kind of retooling and turning DeAndre Ayton into multiple parts. Uh, Portland landing Drew Holiday and DeAndre Ayton, etc., um, interesting stuff there. Drew's probably gonna be redirected. I'm recording this podcast. That's not happened yet, but by the time I listen to this, that could have potentially happened. There's a lot going on there. Uh, lots of questions about that. Number one, I did say this yesterday on the show on the two part episode I dropped with Robbie Calland. One of the reasons I posted both the central and Atlantic divisions was because the Dame chatter was getting pretty loud and I didn't want any of those to be spoiled. Obviously the Milwaukee section of that podcast is pretty much irrelevant now with Dame coming in. Um, so that's uh, just keep that in mind if you're listening back. But uh, everything else is the same as of this moment. Miami, of course, um, still kind of twisting in the wind, all that fun stuff. I got some questions about the Hawks side of things. Number one was basically whether the Hawks are in better shape, worse shape, or the same. It's mostly the same. I do think that the Hawks probably are in better shape for this season because at the moment, this might be controversial. I think the Hawks are better than the Heat right now in the regular season with how they are currently instructed. Of course, Miami lost Struis and Vincent. Last year, Miami was pretty underwhelming overall for 82 games. And, of course, they got hot in the playoffs. But uh, I could be wrong about that, to be sure. But I do kind of believe that. And, uh, you know, with Miami not getting Lillard kind of takes one of the uh, sort of shiny new items away from that team. Milwaukee was already going to be ahead of Atlanta in every projection that you would ever see, including mine. So uh, they get they probably get better with this trade with Dame. But anyway, long story short, mostly a wash, maybe a little bit of a help for the short term for the Hawks. Although Milwaukee could be pretty scary at the very, very top of the Eastern Conference. And I got a couple questions about the, whether the Hawks could actually go after Drew Holiday. Some of these are just typical Good player is now available. Will my team go after him stuff? Drew is fantastic. I'm a big fan of Drew. Uh, he would really help the Hawks probably, but it's not really plausible, I would say, right now for Atlanta. The pathway to getting Drew would almost have to be, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say definitely have to be, but probably would have to be DeJounte Murray. And he cannot be traded until January after he signed his extension back in July. So it would be hard to see a world with Trey, DeJounte, and Drew on the same team. I guess Drew could play the three a little bit defensively because he is so bulky and physical but realistically 
Uh, you're probably not going to build your roster that way. So it'd be pretty weird. Drew's also on an expiring contract, um, all those things. So while he'd help a lot of teams, uh, you know, it's worth noting he's also been kind of shaky offensively in the playoffs, to be sure, all that, all those things. But for now, it's not really a Hawks story, but certainly uh, shook up the over-unders and shook up the entire NBA and the thought process and all of the discussions that were happening on Wednesday and really media day for most teams in the league is Monday. So it's going to be a big topic around the association. From there, some news to touch on in the last couple of days. Chris Silva signed an Exhibit 10 contract, which I believe I was the first one to report it was Exhibit 10 with the Hawks. Um, basically referred to a training camp deal. Basically, that allows the Hawks to give a player some guaranteed money up to 50 grand, could be less than that as well, and allows the team crucially to follow that player to, G, to the G League in College Park if they want to do that. Um, in some of these constructions, you can have the player be converted to a two-way deal, but Silva actually was already ineligible for a two-way contract, but I'm burying the lead now. Silva has already been waived by the Hawks. So basically within a day or two uh, of that actually transpiring, he was waived by the Hawks. Now, that's not like a huge surprise. And the re really the reason why you do this in the first place and get that kind of contract out is because you're trying to get that guy to go to your G League team. Uh, Silva played, I believe, like 22 or 23 games with College Park last year. He's a 27-year-old guy, not a huge upside piece. It's uh, one of those like training camp deals. And honestly, the Hawks usually have a couple of guys around the training camp roster that had no chance of making the team. Silva would have been one of those this year. But you know, more importantly, the Hawks already have a very, very full roster when it comes to the full 15 guys plus three two-ways. It's a pretty big full roster for training camp and no real injuries that I'm aware of right now. So you don't have the same incentive to kind of bring in more bodies to scrimmage, all that fun stuff too. So for now, not a huge takeaway there, but I just want to touch on that. The reason why you do that is to have Silva funneled to College Park. He is a nice insurance policy and a good guy to have around by all accounts. 27-year-old, again, knows how to play. He defends. He's well-liked. He's familiar with the system in College Park, but nothing really to see there beyond that. Also, old friend Tyrese Martin signed a deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves. It was reported this week. Martin, uh, it looks like a, probably a training camp deal for Tyrese. Um, just kind of a reminder that his, his star has fallen a little bit because, you know, when the Hawks um, basically waived him from his contract, it was not universally beloved by Hawks fans. It didn't surprise me. I had no problem with it whatsoever. And really, it's kind of an indicative of, of his market or lack thereof that he signed essentially a training camp deal with Minnesota. Now, he could make the team. That's plausible, I suppose. But he was not necessarily hugely high demand, but still a guy I'll be rooting for. I like Tyrese quite a bit. And uh, there you go on that. But other than that, like the news has not been huge for the Hawks. Uh, I saw some video and people kind of speculating a little bit. Yes, um, by my count and what I have heard, um, the vast majority, if not the entire Hawks roster, is already in Atlanta. Teams can't officially practice until after media day, but uh, this is not anything new, uh, especially if the Stars are around. Generally speaking, players will come in and do workouts that look a lot like you know they're, they're scrimmaging and playing some serious basketball, and guys like to stay in shape. You know, Guys take time off in the summer, and then by the time you get to like August and especially September, most guys in the NBA are playing a lot of basketball, ramping back up, getting themselves in shape for training camp, because you don't want to show up to training camp out of shape, because yeah, you can play yourself into shape, but certainly if you're trying to be competitive, I know the Hawks were kind of, I guess, videoed, uh, you know, doing some soccer stuff today at their facility. Most guys were seeing in that video. Uh, not a surprise if you were paying attention closely to uh, the world of the NBA, but uh, I, I believe that mostly, mostly the roster, if not the entire roster at this point, is already in Atlanta because Media Day is Monday and uh, they're getting ready to go playing together and getting familiar with each other, which is always a good sign under a new coach and all that fun stuff as the season looms. Okay. The rest of the podcast is going to be your mailbag questions. I haven't done one of those in a while. Some Hawks mailbag questions uh, from you, the listeners and viewers of this podcast. But before we get to that, a word from our sponsors on today's show. 
Today's show is brought to you by DoorDash. If you're like me, you actually might like the convenience of having something delivered that you actually need or want sent directly to your door with DoorDash grocery delivery. Suck up on the week or order at last minute cravings with convenience. You've already been trusting DoorDash in the past to deliver your restaurant favorites. And now you can get grocery delivery as well. And it actually delivers for you too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you can find the best in your neighborhood and also boost the local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, and if you don't, DoorDash will make it right for you. Sit back and enjoy your quality groceries just like you picked them out yourselves. And if you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant items with a $0 delivery fee with on eligible, eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. DoorDash also has easy substitution right in the app. Best of class customer support as well. Plus... 50% off coming to you on your first DoorDash order up to $20 in value when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. Limited time offer terms apply. 50% off up to $20 with no minimum total total and $0 delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app right now in the App Store. Enter that promo code LOCKEDONNBA. One more time, and don't forget this, that promo code is LOCKEDONNBA, 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, and to the mailbag now, a question from Timmy, who says, what do you think about DeAndre Hunter for Buddy Heald? I saw that mentioned this week, and I didn't see if you already weighed in. So about a week ago, Sean Sharania of The Athletic reported that Heald and the Pacers have, quote, started a dialogue to work on finding a potential trade after basically reaching impasse in extension talks between the two sides. Pacers GM, I believe it's Chad Buchanan, basically confirmed that they're not talking anymore on extension stuff. He did say all the right things about keeping Buddy around and liking Buddy in Indiana and play for him to be there. But Shams also reported that Heald is, quote, open to a trade elsewhere, quote, unquote. But from what I can gather, Heald does want a pretty prominent role this year. This team might be a free agent at the end of the year. Um, that probably is one of the reasons why he's not talking extension in Indiana, Indiana because they have Ben Matherin, who I think they want to be their starter long term at the two next to Halliburton. All that fun stuff. Uh, Heald's on an expiring contract for about $19 million this year. That's a fairly reasonable price for him on an expiring. I won't do a full-on deep dive on Buddy Heald at this point, but he's 30 years old. He plays roughly at the level of a starter for me, maybe a six-man type. And honestly, he is probably one of the 10, maybe even one of the five or six, seven best shooters in the entire league when it comes to quality and quantity. Um, he has made a career clip about 40.2% from three-point range, and he shoots at a level that, other than Steph and you know prime clay, in terms of value and accuracy, he's been really, really prolific. He's an awesome shooter, and there's a ton of value with that player type. At the same time, that is the majority of his value. Uh, not a huge bargain contract. He's a pretty bad defensive player, which makes him tough for some teams, like the Hawks in particular, um, with high-level playoff aspirations. And also, when he all, you know, all indications are he wants to either start or play a prominent role, which like he's good enough to do. But if you have to have that dynamic in place, it's certainly worth keeping in mind as far as context is concerned. So, all that said, let's dive back to the Hawks a little bit, answer the question from Timmy. On the day of the heel reporting, my guy Wes Morton of Peachtree Hoops dropped a trade machine screenshot on Twitter that probably helps pop some questions from Hawks fans. Shots to Wes. That came my way as well. Even Wes said it probably wouldn't happen, and I agree with that. But basically the prompt and the question from Timmy is that Hunter for Heald, and the Pacers were at least rumored at one point over the summer as a team that could have called on DeAndre Hunter as a potential forward option for them in the trade market. Honestly, though, to answer the question, I doubt there's anything here with this particular one-on-one -on -one swap of Hunter and Heald. Now, Heald is a flawed player. You could certainly argue, though, that he has been better than Hunter overall because Hunter has struggled in some, in some respects. I get that for sure with how I try to lay that out and how I just kind of try to put context around Hunter. At the same time, Hunter is still 
for even though Hawks fans may have sour on him a little bit, is still a big part of the plan for the Hawks short term, particularly on defense where they kind of need what he can do for this season at the three, maybe even the four. They don't really have a, a hugely overflowing roster when it comes to wing defense. Obviously, Jalen Johnson is a potential guy there. Wes Matthews for some depth, but Hunter is still probably their number one wing defender at this moment in time, uh, given all the experience that he has doing that. So that's one concern. The other one would be that Heald pretty strongly overlaps with Bogdanovich. And even Griffin some, but especially Bogdanovich. Like, you can't have too many shooters. I will certainly be the first to say that. But, you know, the Hawks already have significant perimeter defensive questions with Trey, even DeJounte, with Bogey, etc. Um, and I think that, you know, it's not, it's not like you're going to stop playing Trey and DeJounte. So there really isn't an appropriately large role for both Heald and Bogdanovich on the same team without really killing your defense. And that's before you even get to guys like Griffin or even Kobe Bufkin at some point in the near future. So... On offense, Heald would be awesome. He would fit great. He'd be terrifying. Anytime you put either Heald or Bogey or both next to Trey, you'd have great shooting along with Sadiq Bey, et cetera. But the fit is kind of clunky because, you know, of just the overlap with Bogey and the fact that Heald is a poor defender. He's not like a total disaster, but he's pretty bad in my experience. So I wouldn't be loving this transaction, even if Heald, again, could be argued to be the better player. It's an expiring contract, all that fun stuff. So Overall, not a terrible idea in a vacuum. Again, Indiana will be getting younger. Hawks are going to get the better player in some ways. But the next step down in the evaluation adds some wrinkles there that you probably don't love on defense and fit-wise. One more there, by the way, is that the Pacers seemingly wanted to kick the tires on Hunter a little bit as a, pet, as a potential power forward option this summer. That was before, though, they drafted Jairus Walker in the lottery and then also traded for Obi Toppin. So they have kind of filled that spot, at least in the long term. Uh, we'll see. They could use Hunter defense probably on the wing like the Hawks could, but we'll leave it there for now. I don't absolutely hate it, but I doubt it, was, it would probably happen at this point in time. Uh, question from Elijah, who says, random thought from a tweet that I saw making the rounds, given a situation with Kevin Porter Jr. And, and his likely upcoming suspension, I am seeing Hawks fans entertain the thought of using the trade exception the Hawks have to eat his contract and return for picks from the Rockets. Is this even possible? Or are Hawks fans wildly misunderstanding the situation? So I will start here very, very plainly. If Kevin Porter Jr. is guilty of what he is accused of doing, he shouldn't be in the NBA, and he probably should be in prison. That's flat out. Now, we don't know that. Innocent Bill proven guilty, all that stuff. He's accused of some pretty severe domestic violence. It's really brutal if you kind of want to dive into that. Um, not for the um, you know, fan of heart necessarily, but uh, it's a very bad allegation slash you know, situation there. I guess he could be not guilty of this, but all signs points to some trouble there, Kevin Porter Jr., so... That's important to kind of lead with in this conversation. With that, with that kind of out of the way and out of the front of things, there has been reporting that the Rockets, rather than trying to just cut Porter Jr. or wait for a suspension to save some money there, are trying at least to trade him in order to use that salary slot by basically bringing in a player that can help him now and paying draft capital basically to a team to just take Porter Jr. and then cut him. The premise, again, would be that a team would just take Porter Jr. in, send a player back, and then cut Porter Jr. and just take the take the draft comp competition or whatever. Uh, Porter's owed about $17 million this year. It is non-guaranteed after that, so the team could just do that. I've seen some Hawks fans talk about this uh, and ask me about it like Elijah did. So basically, the literal answer of whether it's possible, the answer is yes. The Hawks could either trade a player for Porter Jr. Um, and get capital for that, or like he said, they have a trade exception big enough to just take Porter Jr. in and get picks or whatever alongside that. Um, the players in that salary range, by the way, for the Hawks, Capella, Bogdanovich, Hunter, uh, et cetera. Um, that's the official, you know, legal answer, technical answer with regard to that. Now, 
Whether it actually happened, I am very skeptical of that. Um, to be clear, no one has told me that the Hawks would just never do this, um, but I don't think it would be a team, uh, sort of something that they want to do, if, from what I understand, around the Hawks. The PR hit there is bad for any team trying to trade for him, and I do understand that there's a simple explanation to your fans, like, hey, we're not really taking this player on, but you still have to do a press release. You still have to like be linked to trading for that player. The PR is not good there. Um, obviously, it wouldn't be as bad as trading for him and just not cutting him. That would be even worse. But all that said, like I think the Hawks could do this, but it's not probably the juice is not worth the squeeze for me. Uh, the PR hit is bad. The Hawks have a pretty full roster already. It, there's some machinations to be done there. Yeah, it would be nice to have some draft capital probably in the future, uh, but that would also put them over the luxury tax that they were going to use the trade, trade exception, which they're not going to do. So all that said, it's an odd conversation to say the least. Ultimately, I'm skeptical that anyone is going to trade for him because of all the baggage and all the PR and all of the, just the, the hideousness of, the, of what he's been accused of doing. Um, but you know, no matter what, even if the Hawks or any other team were going to do it, it would be uh, an odd situation. So uh, I think most teams don't want to come anywhere near this. Uh, the Rockets probably know that. They at least tried to trade him. But once that kind of popped up a couple of weeks ago, it's been very quiet on that front since then because I don't think anybody is wanting to get into the mix there with Porter Jr., and that probably includes the Hawks at this point. Okay. Another break here from our sponsor today's podcast. We'll be right back with more from your mailbag questions. All right, question from Nathan, who says, it's time again to get hot and bothered by NBA 2K ratings. Have you seen the Hawks numbers? And what do you think? My guy, Tyler Jones, is going to hate this segment. And shots to you, Tyler. Um, I will, I'll go quickly here because I don't really care about this either, but I know it's always a talking point around 2K ratings. Um, nothing incredibly insane for the Hawks here. Trey's an 89. That's like a top 25 mark in the league. That's fine. DeJounte is an 84, I saw. Uh, that's like 50 or 60 in the league, something like that. That's about right. Nothing crazy there. I could nitpick who's above and, be, and below him, but it is what it is. Capella has a pretty solid ranking. He's in the probably like top 80 or 90 of the league at, at an 82. He was left off the top of the list. That's pretty crazy. I think this is probably more appropriate. Uh, I thought it was funny, though, that he has the same rating as like Malik Monk and Jordan Poole and Bobby Portis. Uh, he's better than those guys, but alas. Uh, DeAndre Hunter is an 80. That's probably too high, but nothing totally insane. My issue there is that he actually is higher than Maganovich, who's a 79, and Bogey is just better than Hunter at this point in time. Akongu's an 80. That's a solid ranking for him. Uh, could go up in the in the future. Sadiq Bey is a 78. Um, maybe if his defense is better than that, it could, it could rise in the next year. Uh, AJ and Jalen, I saw some Hawks fans mad about this, are a 76 for Griffin, 75 for Jalen. That's just young guy stuff. He's, they're not proven yet, so we'll see. Bruno Fernando's a 74. It's actually nice to see Bruno treated like a competent backup center, which is what he actually is, despite being the third guy in Atlanta. Uh, Patty Mills is 73, Buckins is 72, uh, West Matthews 72, Garrison Matthews is a 70. That's probably too low for him. He has the same rating as Trent Forrest. I like Trent Forrest. Gary Bird is better than Trent Forrest. And then Muhammad Gay is a, is a 69. I don't believe Seth Lundy or Miles Norris have a rating that I saw in 2K. So do that what you will. Uh, as far as outrage is concerned, uh, nothing is crazy here, I, I have to say. Uh, I've seen much, much worse uh, with other teams this year and also with Hawks Reigns in the past. So there you go on all of that. All right, last question on what is a relatively short podcast today because there isn't you know an insane amount going on in the Hawks world, and it's uh, more more of a procedural one in some respects. But I think it's interesting because I got this question quite a few times in different forms over the last few weeks, so I'm sharing it with you now. And uh, here we go. Jerry says, first, I love the podcast and thank you for all you do. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, second, why are all the two part episodes and why is the podcast? seemingly getting shorter. I have a long commute and I'd love to take all that I can get. So again, last question on the podcast. If you hate, if you hate this topic, you can log off. I won't be offended. I appreciate you listening. Of course, 
I do want to answer this question though, because again, I got a few questions about this in the recent past. First, I love the Lawton Podcast Network. I'm appreciative of what they've done for me. It makes life easy for me. All the graphics and hosting and all that stuff. I'm just explaining here. I'm just this is just the uh, explanation. So the answer to the questions is basically the network has laid out that they want shorter episodes overall, which I understand, and also they're uh, basically the Atlanta segment of Lawton has a 24 hour fast streaming network and streaming channel. And because of that, there are like some restrictions on the length of video episodes that can kind of be there and all that stuff. I'm not going to go through all the details on that, but basically folks that are not longtime listeners might not know this, but I used to do some pretty, you know, pretty long episodes, like single episodes, like hour plus sometimes with Robbie Callen or Tyler Jones or Glenn Willis or whatever. We could go on a topic and just keep going and going and going and going. Now, basically this has probably always been the case. I never go more than like probably 30, 35 minutes by myself almost ever. Um, you know, that's post-game shows or news shows or breaking news or, uh, you know, emergency podcasts or no, you know, analysis, all that stuff. But if I have a guest on, I do like to let the conversation kind of go and flow and maximize that time appropriately. If I'm going to have somebody on, I want to talk to them for some depth if possible. And that leads to some longer episodes and some deeper dives. Um, and again, people, I feel like listeners generally like when I have people like Glenn or Tyler or Ben Ladner or Robbie Callen or whoever else on the podcast, Wes Morton, Kevin Chenard, et cetera. Um, so the solution to that, basically, rather than having to try to keep these shows so, so short by our previous standards with my guests, I like to kind of sort of the, the meeting in the middle is to have multi-part episodes. So that's basically why that happens. Um, this Robbie Callen series, is, I got a question about this recently. Um, I'm not required to do over-unders. I just like talking about that stuff with Robbie. It's kind of the dead zone still of the offseason. I really enjoy talking about the NBA in general. I know it's a Hawks podcast. We try to sprinkle some Hawks stuff in in those conversations, but th those are kind of uniquely set up actually to split up because they're division by division by division. Um, but, you know, in general, I try to get like a, 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 sol a solid stopping point in the conversation, kind of roll it over, try to tell you in sort of an intro and outro, like why we're doing that or what's coming and please subscribe to the podcast, all that fun stuff. So um, all that said, it's going to be happening more and more. If you don't love that, my apologies. Hopefully you will stick with us no matter what, but basically the multi-part shows allow me to do a little bit of all the stuff that I want to do. And that hopefully listeners enjoy doing with some more depth and uh, still having the sort of free-flowing conversation that I like to have with my friends and guests and people that are really smart about the Hawks and basketball overall. So occasionally I'll have Glenn or Tyler on during the season and go long and it's multiple parts, but there are tons of games and mailbags and all that stuff. that will be just me and one part and more cut and dry. So hopefully you will subscribe to the podcast and stick with us throughout the season. That'll be the last time I talk about that. So there you go. Uh, answering all those questions that I keep getting in the last couple of weeks and months. Speaking of which, that will end today's episode, but please take a moment right now and subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice, whether it's Apple or Spotify or Google Podcasts or YouTube, Podbean, all those fun places. If you love the show also, you can even subscribe and download the show multiple times to help support the efforts of the podcast. Also, the podcast network has lots on NBA, lots on fantasy basketball and all kinds of great shows for your listening pleasure. Also, make sure to check out our sponsors. Always, today's is DoorDash, in addition to FanDuel and others. Leave a five-star rating and review if you love the show as well, on especially Spotify and Apple, where you can actually do that. The last thing also is because this is a mailbag episode, I should also say, if you have mailbag questions, like some of the ones that I answered today, email the show at LockedOnHawks at gmail.com. LockedOnHawks at gmail.com. Also, you can send questions or comments to us, either at 
BT Roland on Twitter slash X or at Locked on Hawks there as well. And the third way to ask questions if you want to use, utilize it um, for the mailbag is to leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you, if you leave your question there, I will try to answer that and add it to the list of mailbag questions. And uh, there's not like a formal list. People always ask me that. I don't have like a huge stockpile because I've probably used a lot during the offseason. But certainly I used to – I always throw them on there and I kind of keep them – hopefully relevant and also like thematically if I can have time to find those questions. So keep them coming always. And if you know, I'll answer them on the podcast or I'll try to be responsive on social media or wherever. I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash BT Roland. If you want to support that effort as well. So anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. I really appreciate it. One more time. Media day is Monday. Media day is Monday. If you listen to this podcast on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, etc., media day is Monday at 10 o'clock. So you'll, you'll hear from Quinn Snyder. You'll hear from Landry Fields. Uh, you'll hear from, Trey Young and Jonathan Murray, all those guys. So that'll be a lot to cover on that show. I might have a show between now and then, but no guarantees. Regardless, though, I'll be back after Media Day with a full wrap of what transpired there. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, everybody. I really, really appreciate it. The season is here. We made it. Stay tuned for much, much more in this space. We'll see you all next time.